For all their glitz, glamour, and beautiful moments, restaurants are notoriously difficult places to work, especially kitchens. They're known to be hot, dangerous, and require 12-hour shifts. Working through back, knee, hand, or wrist injuries, that's common. In the fall, we saw several months of record high rates of people saying enough and leaving the hospitality industry. So what will it take to keep workers and shift the culture of working to the point of exhaustion? Bo Fowler, who is the chef and owner of Owen and Engine and Beachy Beer, has been wrestling with this question and working to change the culture in her restaurants. And she joins us now. Hey, chef. Welcome to the show. Hello. Also with us is Josh Knoll. He covers the restaurant and bar industry for the Chicago Tribune. Hi, Josh. Hi. Nice to chat with you again. You too, Josh. Uh, let, let's start with you here, because from your years covering the industry, I wonder what you've seen in terms of injuries and, and this expectation that people work long shifts, sometimes to the point of overworking, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, the restaurant industry is a brutal industry. Uh, and one thing that's really interesting to me about that is the dynamic of restaurants themselves and the experience that the the the. De- Degree to which it is a uh, difficult and emotional and incredibly physically taxing industry is very much meant to be out of the consumer uh, view because we go to restaurants for an experience and to relax and to eat and to be treated well and you know that kind of stuff and and but 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 the stuff happening behind the scenes the the lifting and the heat and the uh, you know, dipping your hands in buckets of bleach and slippery floors and sharp knives. I mean, all that is is very far removed from our experience, but it's what's happening on, you know, the other side of the wall. And uh, and it makes for a very difficult industry to operate in and to work in. And the, the pandemic has really pulled back the curtain on a lot of that. Yeah. Well, Chef, dare I ask, what was a normal work week like for you before the pandemic? Well, it was... For me, it was a little unusual in that we had, you know, very, very shorthanded, which is not unusual, but I was also opening Bishi um, at the time, and um, or we had opened, and we were under a lot of budgetary constraints because that had gotten um, kind of out of control as far as going over budget. So I was just, you know, just kind of this weird mentality that if I work harder, and my people work harder, we're going to somehow dig ourselves out. Um, and so, you know, a normal work week for me would start at 9, and I would check in with people over at Bishi, and then I would, by 2 o'clock, run over um, from Bishi over to uh, Owen and Engine, and I would work service um, up until we closed. I would try to leave, you know, earlier if... But, at that time, almost daily, somebody didn't show up. So if everybody showed up, I would probably leave around 11 p.m. If if one of our dishwashers didn't show up, then that meant 2 a.m. Because, mm-hmm. you know, dishes don't normally take till 2 a.m., but if we're working service and then doing dishes at the same time because someone didn't show up, then, then we would leave at 2 a.m. And then we'd start the day over again. So um, um, that was just... That's not typical. That was just my pre-pandemic schedule for a while. Yeah. Now, you know, it's uh, it depends on the day for working brunch or not. Yeah. Uh, so it can be 9 a.m. to midnight on the weekends, and then it can be uh, during the weekdays um, when there isn't brunch or lunch service. 
Uh, we've actually built in no lunch. We used to be open seven days a week, lunch and dinner and brunch. Right. And uh, now it's seven days a week for both restaurants, or three at the time. I had Fat Willie's Rib Shack as well. Yeah. And so now we, you know, typical day, it's a luxury. It's 12 hours. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll um, get into some of those adjustments uh, that you made. But I, I want to stay back in 2020, if I may, uh, Chef. You, you had a quintuple bypass Mm, yeah. how, how did that shift your perspective on work? You know, uh, it was one of those things where I, I, back when we closed up, the, uh, you know, the mandatory closing, three restaurants, I sat there and, it, you know, I felt awful. I, I think I was sick. I just didn't, you know, really put much thought into it. I would previously had chest pain and... Um, I just really thought it was anxiety and indigestion, to be honest. Oh, wow. And I kept on going. and But I knew on some level that I was sick because I kept saying, okay, if I die, just roll me into the freezer and keep going. Honor me by keep going, you know. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it's that mentality was a joke, but kind of not a joke about just surviving and yeah. keeping, keeping it all going. So it was, you know... Um, when I then had nothing to do, when three restaurants closed and my life's work was, and we were in such, you know, I didn't know how I was going to, you know, we were always chasing kind of, you know, just keeping all the restaurants going and chasing. So when I had all that time and I had, I had a heart attack and I was able to focus on, that I was actually in a lot of pain and went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, I, and when I was recovering, you know, you know I, I was in a lot of pain, and, um, and I thought to myself, this is crazy, I could have died. And it, it kind of took that jarring moment to, to yeah. shake myself out of, is it really, you know, really worth it? And mind you, I'm one of the chefs that really love what I do, so it wasn't... Yeah. But, that's, but a, yeah. a heart attack is, is quite... The wake-up call, chef. Um, Josh, bars and restaurants, they've made big adjustments and big shifts during the pandemic. And Omicron and the vaccine mandate um, have added yet more adjustments and, and shifts, right? Are you hearing other people say, you know, why would we take on these cultural shifts right now when we just need to survive? Yeah, it's a it's a tricky, it's a real tricky moment. Restaurants are having another real brutal winter uh, across the board. Um, and they're, they're, and a lot of places are still struggling to hire. Uh, it's, it seems that hiring is, has gotten better from where it was about a year ago when it was real hard. Uh, but restaurants are struggling to survive again and they're struggling to hire again. And, uh, that's sort of on, on the front burner. And then these sort of cultural questions I think are sort of hovering out there and uh, changes are happening where they can, but it seems like the, the biggest change and, you know, one that I, I don't think anyone will argue is a bad thing, uh, is that uh, restaurants are paying their people more. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing that they can do and frankly have to do right now to be competitive yeah. and to, if they want to, folks to keep come back. doors open, even at a challenging time. Absolutely. So, so, Chef, tell us what you are trying to do differently now moving forward. How did you shift? So, yes, um, I'm part of the, you know, we are paying more for the kitchen. So we, 
um, it, the, it was always that, you know, it was a given the front of the house always made twice or sometimes three times more than the kitchen. Uh, kitchen always kind of worked longer hours, um, and you just didn't always, you know, so they might get time and a half, but or they would have two jobs, you know, so that, that was a common thing for kitchen people to survive. So definitely we have... We have started paying 30% more across the board in the mm-hmm. kitchen. Um, just you're giving you're like giving consecutive days off, off too. Yeah, you know, PTO instilled, um, time off for sick leave. Uh, we used to. What do you mean you have a cold? You have to work. Uh, so now that it, that's a whole different ball game. You know, we first sniffle, <laughs> you're not working. Yes. And we're, we pay for that. Uh, we should not even have PTO. So those kind of things, um, in order to uh, culturally shift, you know, just to have things that we take for granted, I suppose, if you're in a different industry. But in this industry, it was, you know, we it started out kind of with those industries where, it it wasn't considered a profession, but something you did onto your next profession. But it's no longer that. That mm-hmm. is our profession. It's what we choose to do. So uh, we have um, I implemented. We're just closed at both locations two days a week. It it gives it. I'm then I know for a fact that they are um, taking two days off. Yeah. Um, and I'm that? not going to lie, in the last couple of weeks, because we just opened Owen, it's been more of a struggle to get everybody their two days off. And so um, so this week even is already better, though. We are implementing that people work four days. And you understand that even with four days, they're still at 48, 50 hours for the week. Right, because so, their days are long. How is the staff responding to you even making these adjustments? You know, believe it or not, um, I have this super dedicated kitchen staff. So I had two of them fight me because I told them yesterday, starting this week, you're down to four days a week. And they they are telling me that they're fine and they they can't possibly get everything ready if they work four days a week. Mm. You know, so, you know, it is, it's so embedded. um, And... Uh, I am also seeing this kind of cultural shift for a lot of people and that they're really trying to analyze even if this industry is right for them. You know, we just had a young man tell me he was having an existential crisis, literally used those words, and said that he can no longer bartend and the anxiety he felt on, I think, just COVID and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, he'd only been back for two weeks. Um, so I think people are going through this kind of, you know, is is you know serving people in this time when it's uh, is it actually worth it for them? I don't know. Right. And, and it's an individual question. For some, for a lot of people, they're so happy to to be here, and our guests are so amazing. That's I mean, great. so we have built over ten years some amazing, amazing friends, and and they, we consider them friends and family. Yeah. They actually cried a little when they came back, you know, to pay, so to dine with us. So there That's are wonderful. just, you know, amazing rewards for being in this industry. But, um, you know, everyone is kind of going through their own little, you know, I guess, time of reckoning as to mm-hmm. what, what it is they find worth it and not worth it and how they want to balance their life for mm-hmm. that. So. Well, well, Josh, what are you hearing from, from restaurant staff uh, in, in general about what it's been like this winter? Hard. 
real hard. Um, it's just people, you know, Omicron, things were actually going pretty, and actually Bo said this too, when she and I talked, we spent hours talking for the article I, I wrote on her. Uh, she said things were going along pretty well before Omicron. Uh, and this winter might have been reasonably okay for restaurants. You know, for a lot of them, winters are tough anyway. Uh, but then, you know, in a pandemic and then adding Omicron on top of it, uh, it just sort of slammed things to a halt. Uh, the vaccine mandate uh, helped some and didn't help others, but it doesn't seem to have had really as much impact as just, frankly, the weather and uh, and Omicron. And it's a, uh, more than one restaurant owner has said, I am just waiting for April at this point. Yeah, I bet. Um, you know, Chef, are, are there any shifts in perspective that you, you think it would be helpful for the customers to make? Yeah, I, I think everyone has... COVID fatigue. So, you know, uh, the staff and guests as well. So I think they have to understand that we're going through kind of a second, you know, obviously Omicron has brought, as Josh said, and, you, you know, we were kind of maybe seeing some normalcy in our business and that Omicron definitely just crushed it where we, you know, went back to, you know, the height of COVID days for our, for actual sales numbers. And, and, and as you said, I'm sure the cold has also had something to do with it. So, okay. but, you know, I think emotionally, you know, guests are over it and, um, and the but staff they, but is over it. Some... They're just going, oh, you know, when we had to shut down for two weeks because the um, portion of the staff had gotten COVID, um, you know, they, it was just kind of one of those final blows. We're just going, how many times are we going to shut down? Yeah, but, but customers, so, but customers will probably have to get used to paying more, right? Oh yes, um, they, they, yeah. It's it, it, you don't pay people what they're worth, and and I can't even say we're paying them what they're worth because. Um, the level of commitment these guys have is, yeah. but adjusting for, you know, um, the market. I yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, we have to we have to charge more, and it's not just for labor. It's also our supply chain is out of you know it's out of control. People um, just I was talking to a vendor the other day, and he told me they can't get people to drive across the country because they'd rather have. You know, they're, even truckers are reassessing, you know, do they mm-hmm. want to be on the road for a week or they take shorter routes. Yeah. So, it, you know, we're just all of a sudden one day, you just don't get repeating. Yeah, prices okay, are up all around. The life that we lead, lead is that we look at our invoices. We used to be able to rely on at least 99% of our products coming in. It's no longer the case, you know. Yeah. I would say a good 25% just doesn't make it in and you have to make do so um and with that prices have doubled tripled that's Mm -hmm. that's just well josh this is a food and drink loving town so do you think that uh, customers are going to understand these higher prices uh that's a tough one. I mean, or they'll you, have you know, no choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you say, well, they understand masking. Well, they understand back mandates. I mean, yeah, and the answers to those things are, yeah, but it comes down to people's pocketbooks, right? That's a whole different ball game. Uh, I think what you, I think you answered it. Yeah, they, they're, they're really not going to have a choice. I think a lot of it is going to depend on messaging uh, from the restaurants and the relationships that the restaurants are able to forge with their customers. Uh, Bo and Owen and Engine in particular have a really deep relationship with their 
clientele. Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, their messaging there can work to explain why her burger that used to cost 18 bucks now costs 22 bucks. Uh, Not a cheap burger, but it's a really good burger. And if you talk with Bo for 45 seconds, it it makes sense, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think that conversation is going to have to be there. I've written about that a little bit. I mean, a year ago, it was clear that the prices of dining out were going to go up and were probably going to stay up. And a lot of, some people have argued, a lot of people have said, you know what, they were artificially low before. They need to go up. Uh, and that's the reality we may now be in. That was Chicago Tribune reporter Josh Knoll. And also with us was Chef Bo Fowler. Her two restaurants, Owen and & Engine and Bishi Beer, are in Logan Square. Josh, Chef, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.